UEBL. I'm sure there were a lot of people who were happy about this and a lot of people who are just shocked at the audacity. But he's from the National Center for Public Policy Research, also a senior analyst at CFACT. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Bonner Cohen. Hi, Bonner. How you doing? I'm doing very well, Paul, and I hope our listeners are, too. They are, and thanks for coming back. It's not often we hear that a wind farm gets dismantled. It's usually somebody trying to force somebody else to put one up. That's right. As a matter of fact, the developers did try to force an Indian tribe called the Osage Nation in northeastern Oklahoma. They tried to force a wind farm on Osage land. As a matter of fact, they tried to do so for over 12 years. And the Osage the tribe said, look, if you want to put a, a wind farm on our land, you, among other things, need to get a lease from the Osage Mining Council. Now, you might ask yourself, what does mining have to do with putting up gigantic wind turbines? Well, those wind turbines have to be anchored, and you you mm-hmm. anchor them underground, meaning you dig down, you smash rocks, you do a lot of other excavation, and then you put in underground power lines and what have you. Well, the, the developers, and there were three of them, knowing these were the rules of the game, decided they would ignore the rules of the game, okay. and they would go ahead with erecting the, uh, the wind farm anyway. This battle went back and forth in the courts for what seemed like an eternity until this past December, last month, when a federal judge sided with the tribe and ordered the developers to dismantle in toto a wind farm that they had already put up. Which, Which, you know what, just let me interject for a second. This is hilarious to me because when Biden swiped his pen and shut down the Keystone Pipeline because they were going to move some dirt to put the pipe in the ground and then put the dirt back, everybody had a poop attack. They all freaked out because we were going to disrupt some sort of habitat. Well, when they put up these wind farms, they do the same thing, plus they kill nature as it flies by, and whatever else might have wanted to live there no longer can because of the manufacturing um, that goes through not only the turbine but through the ground below. I'm so glad you brought this up because, dang, this makes me happy. And good for the Osage tribe because... It, they have different. They have different laws. They are their own government, and that's another thing people don't realize. That's right. And the, uh, the developers. I think it just speaks volumes about how arrogant mm-hmm. uh, uh, the green energy people are. They thought they could ride roughshod over the tribe, mm-hmm. and yet the tribe could, has the mineral rights. That is the subsurface rights to the land, and yep. in that regard, they're actually backed up by the U.S. Department of Interior, uh, which administers those rights, even though they're actually in the possession of the tribe. And as much as, say, the Biden Department of Interior loves uh, renewable energy, be it wind farms or uh, solar panels, and they regularly green light these projects, they were aware of the legal situation concerning the tribe and the developers, and they actually sided with the tribe. So what's going to happen? All 84 turbines are coming down. 
all underground lines, all above ground, uh, high voltage transmission lines are coming down along with meteorological towers. All of this spread out over 8,400 acres of land. The whole thing is coming down. And you're quite right to point out the tremendous environmental damage these projects do. Uh, they harm wildlife, they disrupt nature, and it's both the wind turbines, the, the so-called wind farms, when the only thing really harvested are, are federal subsidies to put them up, because without those federal subsidies, they wouldn't go up in the first place. Mm-hmm. But it also applies to these giant solar arrays that are also springing up around uh, the country. Uh, also have enormous uh, environmental impacts because what do you do with the solar power, solar panels, once those solar panels have outlived their livelihood? They have to be disposed somewhere, just as these gigantic wind turbines are going to have to be, are going to wind up in somebody's landfill somewhere. Yeah, but again... And they don't, they're not biodegradable, so they're just going to lay there for all of perpetuity. No, that's right. And, and you can't recycle these things. They're completely worthless. Yeah, but, and then I said, can't we create a giant wood chipper-like thing and chip them down and turn them into, I don't know, educational toys of some kind? I, I've also thought you remember uh, in the Obama administration, he thinks we're going to have all sorts of green jobs. Well, the best green job I can possibly think of uh, is to dismantle uh, wind turbines <laughs> and solar arrays around the country because that would lead to a tremendous environmental improvement. Amen to that, because once those things are there, nothing can live there. That's absolutely right. And uh, untold hundreds of thousands of birds and bats mm-hmm. are killed by Bugs wind farms and every, every other year. Thing. There's yep. a group called the American uh, uh, Bird Conservancy, and they have, a, uh, they have come up with statistics on this. This has been known for a long, long time. Some of the, some of the species they killed are actually on the endangered species list. No matter, up they go. And uh, so if you, if you think about it, they're doing this in the name of, in this case, fighting climate change, but it's all, in the larger view, we're protecting the environment. No, you're not. You're harming the environment, and you're coming up with uh, power that is intermittent, which is a polite way of saying unreliable, and that's all it is. And the only reason you're doing that is that you receive federal subsidies to do so. Otherwise, no developer would go anywhere near these things. Yeah. So, you know, if you... I'm getting messages from people who say wind turbines are good and uh, solar is good. You know what? If you want to put them in your yard and you want to pay for everything, I'm tired of subsidizing it with my tax dollars because I happen to disagree. If you want to put something in the water, you're going to kill fish. I mean, you can't talk about the environmental impact of an oil line uh, 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 that you, you put underground and then you put the dirt back and everything goes back to normal. Talking about the deficiency that it puts on wildlife and whatever else and then not admit that it's a problem with solar panels and with these big wind farms. Now, the thing that I do agree with is if you're a, you, you have private land and you want to put it on your private land, knock yourself out. I don't care. But to go into this Indian tribe, and there are a few cultures I respect as much as the Native Americans and the way that they respected the land throughout history, I, this is an outrage no matter how you look at it. Yes, it is. And it's not an isolated case either. 
a few days ago, several Indian tribes uh, to the west of Oklahoma, these are centered primarily in Arizona, brought suit uh, against developers who want to not put a solar panel uh, display array or uh, wind turbines on the land, but rather a giant high-voltage power line that would go from wind farms and solar arrays to urban areas where that electricity can be used. But that, that power line would go straight across Indian land. Mm-hmm. And the tribe said, no, we don't want it here. We have cultural artifacts we want to protect. And we buried. also want to show that we are sovereign. Mm-hmm. Nothing goes here that we don't want it to go here. And that was the deal. That was the deal. That's why they're called reservations. That's right. Uh, uh, tribal sovereignty is not just a phrase. It's a reality. Exactly. Violate that sovereignty, and you're going to find yourself in court. And in the case of the uh, wood farm developers in, in Oklahoma, they spent all of that money. Uh, they put in all of that effort. They paid off all of their lawyers to defend them in court, and they ultimately lost. So every now and then, every now and then there is a little bit of justice. Yeah, and, and I love that. And, you know, even having family members and people who lost their jobs and everything just kind of turned into a ghost town along Keystone, everybody was cheering on the left that they lost, that it was such a great victory. And it really hurt us economically, as well as being able to be just independent when it comes to uh, oil and gas. But that's because they on the left think that oil and gas are the devil. They're they're like the water boy's mom. Everything that's good for this country is a devil, you know? So you don't get to mess with Indian reservations. They get to choose what they want on their land. And I like that these guys got their butts handed to them and that this is a lesson that can be sent out throughout all of the Indian nation that you don't have to put up with this. This has set a precedent where maybe people think twice where they try to force themselves onto the Indian reservations. Now, let me just say that there's a lot of poverty on the reservations, and there may be some of them who, if you pay them a proper price, will allow you to do this. But you don't just get to go take it. Yeah, you have to have their consent. Period. And without that consent, you have absolutely no business there whatsoever. And I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the bit about oil and, and, and natural gas uh, it, with respect to the uh, uh, Keystone XL pipelines and the other pipelines that the Biden administration has blocked. What that has done, of course, it has made us increasingly dependent on China uh, for us. our uh, energy both with, with respect to well, where, where do you, where do you think the solar panels are manufactured? Mm-hmm. They're manufactured in China. Where are the, do the materials come from that go into wind turbines? Where do the materials come from? The raw materials that go into the batteries, that electric vehicles, EVs, which are now piling up on park on uh, lots at dealerships around the country because the demand for them is not nearly what. <laughs> so, yeah. But qui bono here? I'll tell you qui bono. Uh, the People's Republic of China, because they have a stranglehold 
on the supply chain for all the raw materials that go into wind and solar power. This has been well known for a long, long time. Well, there's a big old check written to, you know, the big guy and and the little guy from China. So I'm sure this, you know, might have something to do with the push. I don't know. I wasn't there. But I'm just saying um, we seem to want to do what's best for other countries and not for us. But when it comes to Native Americans, when it comes to the Indian population, not from the country of India, but the ones who were here before everybody else, this this f- puts fire in my behind because you will not infringe upon their reservations. That was the deal when we came here and took everything else. So I understand that the expansion and the growth of America is the best thing that ever happened to the world. So you can't deny that fact. But they, they did kind of get rooked. And so what they have now is theirs, and nobody should be telling them any damn thing about what they have to do. So I'm I'm so happy for the Osage Nation. I am. Good for them. Absolutely. And the great thing here is the precedent. Uh, an example has been yep. made uh, to other would-be uh, wind or solar array developers. Okay, if you were to, if you want to mess with the Indians... You now have a court case that you have to look at and say, you go there hat in hand, you sit down, you negotiate with them, and if they have rules saying you must do A, B, and C, then you do A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. You get the permits, you get the lease, or otherwise you stay out. And I think this will uh, certainly encourage other tribes. The, The Osage tribe here is actually fairly large, and it has it had the financial wherewithal just barely, but it, but it had it uh, to withstand the uh, court onslaught. Smaller tribes may not be so fortunate simply because they don't have the financial resources. However, they do have a court case that they can point to. So if any other developer comes along and uh, wants to bully them into putting things on their land that they don't want on their land. The tribes, all they have to do is say, well, look what just happened with the Osage Nation. The same thing has happened to us, and you're going to wind up in the same situation that those developers did. You're going to pay all your lawyers a fortune uh, for the so-called billable hours, and you're going to wind up losing. So either do as our sovereignty allows us to do, or get out. Yeah. And I talk about it all the time. I grew up in North Dakota, um, basically connected to United Tribes with Fort Totten and all of the Indian reservations that were there. I, I went to school with a lot of the kids who were from the different tribes that did make up that, that part of North Dakota. And um, they, they are very, very proud of their heritage and of their people. And they will not sit down and not fight you back. They will fight you back. So I am so proud of, of the Osage Nation and getting this major victory because, as you said, a precedent is what the law books will go back to when it's time to argue the next time, and this is a good one. Exactly. 
And uh, one of the uh, spokesmen for the Osage Nation said afterwards, uh, we are known as fighters, and Mm -hmm. we just won. (laughs) They did. They did. Long live the warriors. All right. I I, I got to judge, changing topics, but I got to judge Miss Indian America, where um, every tribe sent a female representative to be in a pageant, and -hmm. I got to help to choose the national winner. So I was very honored to be able to do that because of my respect and love of all things that have to do with Native Americans. Love them. Love, 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 love the culture. All right, Bonner, where can people go to read more on your okay, article? Okay, uh, the article I wrote on this uh, can be found on the website of the Committee for Constructive Tomorrow, CFACT, and that is CFACT, C-F-A-C-T dot O-R-G. Go to it. Bonner Cohen, the doctor, senior fellow at CFACT. Thank you, sir. I right, thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.